Welcome to Equipped for Ministry, presented by Big Woods Bible Church. Our hope is to equip the saints for the work of ministry by talking through common questions Christians ask. We hope you find this discussion to be helpful in the ministry God has called you to. But now, let's get equipped for ministry. Welcome to another episode of Equipped for Ministry. We have a listener question this time. I'm here with Robbie, by the way. My name's Aaron. I don't I don't know how often I introduce myself. I don't know. I don't even know if I need to. But uh, we're here uh, ready to discuss the Lord's Supper. And uh, as I said, we've got a listener question. Uh, so if you've got questions, feel free to send them in. We will eventually get to them. This one took us a little while. For whatever reason, I don't know. We had other stuff to to talk about, yeah. I guess. But we're here, we're ready, and uh, Robbie's going to read it for us. Yeah. So a listener uh, wrote in, "What are we supposed to be doing during communion?" The pastor reads from First Corinthians, and I get the symbolism of the bread and the cup, and that we are supposed to do this in remembrance of what Christ has done and celebrate that until He returns again. But what are we supposed to be doing in our hearts and in our minds while we are passing the elements? Are we mourning and confessing our sins, asking for forgiveness, being cleansed again by the symbolic blood and body of Christ, simply bowing in reverent silence, thanking Jesus for his sacrifice? I see people bowing their heads or staring off into space or whispering amongst themselves. But what should our hearts and minds be turned toward during communion, specifically the silence, while we await partaking together? Uh, now, I think that's a really good question, yeah. and not just because I know who sent it in. <laughs> um, it was my wife, <laughs> but I'm not biased. So she mentioned uh, 1 Corinthians. So it's probably a good place for us to start to read Scripture yeah. so that we can understand the, the passage that is being referenced, uh, but also because 1 Corinthians 11 is where we get some instructions on on not only what communion is, but how we are to partake. So I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 32. Uh, and I think this is a necessary passage for us to have this discussion. So it says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So this kind of orients us to the discussion of communion. And it's probably just a good place to start. The question was, what are we supposed to be doing during communion? Uh, I actually want to take a step back there and 
just describe a little bit about what communion now being that the question is not what is the Lord's Supper and why is it important? Not going to spend a lot of time here defining and explaining, but I think there is some level of explanation that is necessary. So the Lord's Supper, also called communion, connects back to the Passover uh, where uh, God freed the Israelites uh, from slavery to sin. Uh, He, Sorry, slavery in Egypt. Uh, And the connection with the Lord's Supper is that we are remembering and celebrating our slavery from sin being released from that. Uh, So this means uh, that only Christians, only those who have trusted Christ for salvation, only those who have actually been freed from sin should partake of the Lord's Supper. And, And what we see in 1 Corinthians 11 is that the Lord's Supper has meaning. It's grounded in the past, the present, and the future. So the past, because we remember Christ's death, the present, uh, because uh, we have the opportunity to examine ourselves, and the future, because we look forward to the, to the marriage supper of the Lamb, what is to come. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord's Supper, then, is a way for us to remember what Jesus did for us, what he is doing in us, and also to look forward to where he will take us. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just kind of some definition on, on what communion is, which will help us, I think, get to some of our next questions. Yeah, yeah. And, and because Paul kind of lays out what the foundation for communion is in the beginning half of that passage, and then yeah. in verse 27, we kind of see this shift. What should we be doing as we prepare? So what would you say are some things that we can be doing to prepare to partake of the Lord's Supper? Yeah, so when, when, we, when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we are, as Paul says, proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes, which is we're remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross, and we're looking forward to his return. So one of the ways that I think we prepare uh, is first, as ex- exactly what Paul says, examine yourselves. Uh, and so what does it mean for us to examine ourselves? Uh is, is probably what we're really considering for us today. But, but on a practical note, I think, I think we should also consider when are we supposed to examine ourselves. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know when your church is going to be observing the Lord's Supper, when you're going to be taking communion together as a church. And so leading up to that, that Sunday, you could take time to, to examine yourself. So you could examine things like uh, examine your faith. Consider whether you have a dead faith or a living faith. Uh, and, and examine whether or not you are truly trusting and resting in Christ alone for your salvation. Uh, maybe that would bring up some areas of conviction, some things that you need to repent of. Uh, so you could examine your repentance. Uh, consider whether or not you have repented of, of things that are um, keeping you from fully trusting and resting in Christ alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, confess those sins and, and ask God to, uh, to forgive you for, for those things and reveal more to you. Uh, examine your gratitude, whether, whether or not you are thankful for all that God has given to you, all that he has blessed you with. Examine your love. Uh, consider uh, whether you are loving one another, as we're told many times in Scripture uh, that we are to do. Uh, and so just examine all of these things. Uh, you can do that as the elements are being passed out, but, but I think it would be good also, like I said, to do it leading up to 
when your church is going to observe the Lord's Supper together uh, so that you are able to come and, and partake in a worthy manner. Uh, as Paul says, you know, we should not partake in an unworthy manner. Yeah. So those are some of the things I think uh, examining yourself means. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, David writes, I believe it's Psalm 139 as well, just search me, O God, and know my heart. And That's then right. following up at the very end, you have searched me, you know my heart, uh, right. my innermost being. And I think a, an illustration of this, too, of examining oneself, like we hear this phrase a lot uh, in the medical field as well, like uh, uh, at an annual checkup. Now, some of us might not be going annually, <laughs> but but the idea is we're going once a year to get a formal checkup. That's right. But throughout the year, we're supposed to be performing some type of self-examination yeah, yeah. in some form or fashion. If we come across something that we think is a problem, we can go to the doctor sooner and say, hey, this might be a problem. In the same way, we if we are continuously examining ourselves, or at least leading up to the Sunday before, yeah. we can examine ourselves and our hearts and our spiritual health, as you right. mentioned, multiple things to that extent. And I think that is helpful in saying, all right, Lord, there is something in my heart that it doesn't need to be there. It, mm. it would cause me to partake in an unworthy manner and yeah. seeking out a brother, reconciling. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, what, what would you kind of say is an unworthy manner? We've said mm. that a couple times now. Yeah, so I think what Paul means when he talks about not partaking in an unworthy manner uh, is that we are not doing that. Mm. We're not thinking anything uh, about our spiritual lives, our yeah. spiritual health. Um, and and I, think, I think it would be entirely appropriate uh, for us if we are in the process of, of examination and find, you know what, I, I remember I've sinned against Robbie mm-hmm. and I have not been reconciled. It would be entirely appropriate for me to abstain from the Lord's Supper or, or maybe even right then and there just go to Robbie and say, look, I've sinned against you. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. Can we be reconciled so that I can take the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner? Mm. Um, and and so I think I think it's it's one of those things where we have to, in our examination, understand and realize that if something is brought up, we need to fix it. Yeah. And so this is this is for the sake of unity within the body that we are coming and we are celebrating the Lord's table together. Uh, by the by the bread and the cup we are we are saying that we are one we're partaking of one bread one cup uh, and so if we are not actually one yeah, that's well, an unworthy manner yeah, and yeah. and so I, I think i think for for just like simplicity's sake we could think of it in in four ways um that there's a vertical horizontal internal and external mm. way that we would be able to to partake <coughs> in an unworthy manner so the verti- vertical manner, as we examine ourselves, we're, we're asking, uh, are we in a real intimate communion with God? Mm. Or is there separation due to sin? Yeah. If there's separation due to sin, that's an unworthy manner. Yeah. In a horizontal example, uh, is there any division between me and a fellow brother or sister in Christ? If there is, we're, and we go on and partake of the Lord's Supper, uh, that's an unworthy manner, yeah. and we need to rectify that. Internal examination, is there unconfessed sin, idols of the heart, private sins that we're keeping hidden, those sort of things. Uh, we need to, to confess those so that we can partake in a worthy manner. And then finally, external, uh, where do we find anything that's preventing us from engaging with our church to reach our neighbors our, and, and the nations? Yeah. Uh, and if there is, we need to, to deal with that. 
Uh, so to partake in an unworthy manner, I think, is, is to go about observing the Lord's Supper without any thought to those things. Mm. Uh, and just for reiteration, that was vertical, horizontal, internal, and external, mm. the four areas. Mm. So, that, yeah, I, I, that's what I think about unworthy manner. Sure. Sure. I, I think there's a level of humility that we need to exhibit as well yeah. as we are examining ourselves. If we simply are saying, all right, am I right with God? Yep. And moving on, like <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. that that might be a little hasty. Right, um, right. Same with thinking through, you know, is there the littlest thing that has come between me and another brother or another sister, and and not making light of that little thing, mm-hmm. but truly seeking out forgiveness and reconciliation? Yeah, yeah. I, I think what you said was spot on in that. So, so that's sort of like leading up to mm-hmm. that time. Um, now here at Big Woods, we. We have it open communion. I, I believe I've heard it. It's what, it's what we practice. That's what yeah. we practice. Yeah, yeah. So so we have it to where all the tables are set up around the sanctuary. You can walk up to a table and receive communion, and mm-hmm. then you bring it back to your seat, and you're just sitting there with the elements, yeah, waiting for Pastor Tim or whoever's leading communion to get mm-hmm. up and say, "All right, now we're taking right. the, the the snack together." You know, in its most uh, in its most crass form. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? During that time, we've, we've examined our hearts leading up to it. We, we have the elements. Um, maybe we were the last ones to get it because we spent so much time examining our hearts, and that's sure. nothing to be ashamed of. Right. Um, but, but we have the elements. We're waiting uh, to be led in taking communion. What do we do at that point? Uh, it would be a great time for prayer and reflection. Uh, it would be a great time uh, to remember mm-hmm. what Christ has done for us. Uh, to think even of of our own personal testimony, what we were um, before Christ, what Christ has made us, and what He is making us, okay. uh, and and so as you know, if if we're sitting there and you've got two three minutes while everyone else is still waiting to receive the elements, then um, take time to consider exactly what it is that we are proclaiming as we feast on Christ in, in this, uh, spiritual way. Uh, and, but then also consider, consider your life and, and consider what it is that, um, might be holding you back from growing in godliness mm. and just sit and, and sit and wonder, uh, about the mystery of the gospel that, that God has, has graciously revealed himself to us yeah. and, is, is calling us to remember the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus made on our behalf. Uh, and, and so what we're doing is we are, as we are sitting there, I think we can set our sights to heaven uh, because we're experiencing a foretaste of the heavenly banquet. Mm. Uh, this, this is like Jesus says he's not going to partake of the cup again until the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yeah. And if we, like, if we considered that, we could, I mean have conversations <laughs> for eternity probably <laughs> is what we'll end up doing. But yeah. we're experiencing a foretaste of what is to come. It's it's an appetizer mm. for the feast that we will mm. experience mm. in heaven uh, where where one day we will be reunited and 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 in the bodily presence of our risen savior and and we're waiting for that. Uh, so Bobby Jameson, he says, he uses the, the language of appetizer and feast. He says, the Lord's Supper is an appetizer for the feast that will commence on the day when Christ unites heaven and earth. Yeah. 
The Lord's Supper is pilgrim food. Mm. Like the Passover, it's a meal on the way. The Lord's Supper directs our attention by directing our senses to what Christ has done for us, where he has put us, and where he will take us. In our journey through this wilderness, Christ calls himself our manna, and the Lord's Supper helps sustain us on the way because it signifies him. So maybe we could just consider that as we're waiting uh, to be led together in the Lord's Supper. Absolutely. And and one thing I want to come back to, you kind of mentioned this at the beginning, but it's this partaking with thanksgiving, right? It's looking forward. There's that future element looking forward to what is going to come. Yeah. Um, but, but it's a sitting there in thankfulness saying, Lord, thank you for, for all that you have done and all that you will do. Yeah. Um, and, and let us partake together with Thanksgiving. I right. think that's a, another crucial element. And again, like you mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. So I think I, I have just a, a wrap up yeah. three points, hopefully to remember, and then a quote, uh, to, to close us out. Uh, the Lord's supper is an opportunity to examine our heart, to deal with sin and to partake with thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And so if, you know, just for, for practical practicality's sake, if you're sitting there waiting, remember those three things. Remember to examine your heart, to deal with your sin, and to partake with thanksgiving. Uh, James Montgomery Boyce uh, says this of communion, uh, at the heart of the present significance of the Lord's Supper is our communion or fellowship with Christ, hence the term communion service. Mm-hmm. In coming to this service, the believer comes to meet with Christ and have fellowship with him at his invitation. The examination takes place because it would be hypocrisy for us to pretend that we are in communion with the Holy One while actually cherishing known sin in our hearts. Mm. And that's, that's why it's an opportunity for us to deal with sin. That, that graciously God gives us this, this meal of remembrance uh, so that we can praise God for what he has done, praise God for what he is doing, yeah. and thank him that uh, he's going to carry us through. So, my thoughts on communion and what we should <laughs> be doing as we wait to partake together. Yeah. Anything else to say? No, I, th- I think that really covers it. Um, right. Partaking with Thanksgiving, examining your heart, dealing with sin. Yeah, great, great uh, opportunities while you're sitting there waiting to partake yeah. uh, of communion with God. Yeah. yeah. Well hope you have found this beneficial. Uh, We do just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to Equipped for Ministry, and we hope that uh, our conversation today has helped to equip you for the ministry that God has called you to, uh, service in your local church or whatever else you might be doing. Uh, We pray that you would do it for the glory of God and uh, that you would be built up and build up those around you. So thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.